Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want to just, I want to recap just a little bit last week. We've been into our legacy series. I'm going to preach a different sermon other than legacy, but I do want to type a bow on the legacy uh, week. And if, if you don't mind, right in front of you, if you missed last week, if you'll just reach in the seat pocket in front of you, you can find one of these legacy cards. And I need you to do me a favor. Even if you're not going to participate in the legacy offering, that's fine. It's really okay. You may not be able to, and that's fine too. But I do want something from you. And you go, what do you want from me, Pastor? I want your greatest need. On one side of the card, there is your greatest need. Something that you're praying for, you're standing for, you're believing God's going to turn it around. And if you would write that out for us, you don't have to, you don't even have to fill out the other side if you don't have an offering or it's not something you want to participate in. But even if it's anonymous and you didn't want to put your name on it because of the details of a situation, we're just going to be taking these cards and uh, all of us, uh, the staffs and our intercessors are going to be praying for you and over every one of these situations. And we need that from you. Let me recap, if you'll just take a moment and do that. And then let me recap just what we're doing legacy this year. We're trying to raise $1 million, $1 million. And you go, Pastor Eugene, for what? Let me give you the four things we're doing. Number one is we're going to, we're partnering with a group called Adult Teen Challenge out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. We're going to partner with them because they've made it, we've made a a partnership that every young man or man, even old man, that wants to be free from the addiction of drugs or alcohol, we're going to pay for them to go into a one-year program in Cape Girardeau, Mississippi, um, excuse me, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's $500 to get a, a man into that program. And we're going to just, just get a railroad car from folks from here all the way up to Cape Girardeau. It has been unleashed on our culture and our society is the, 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 the addiction to opioids plus all the other things you can name. And we've got to do something about it. Currently, currently, I showed you last week. Remember the bridge jumper? He's there now. Michael Hankins and Victoria Hankins, who are really running this ministry, have already, we've already sent 28 men there. 28. Yeah, go ahead. Pastor Nick and I prayed last week with a young man that just heard about it and went on Monday of this past week. Prayed with him last Sunday right here as he, as he left on Monday. Look, can I just give you one more quick story? They're in between services, there's a couple. They grab Heidi and I, and their son has been running from God for a good number of years and has a problem with drugs. They didn't hear from him for about a year and a half not one word. They didn't know if he was alive or he was dead. They took this card and said, we can do something. And they wrote and they gave $500. They said it cost $500. we are going to give $500 to get a kid into the program, a kid that we wish our kid would go. They just got word from him two days later. 
that he had put himself into a program and sent them a video. He got water baptized and gave his life to Jesus. You can't make this up. So maybe you're here and you go, I don't know what to give. Maybe that's a good number where you just go, I want to make sure somebody gets into. How many of you know somebody in your family, a friend, someone close to you that could go to a program like this and really be touched? Let me see your hand. All of us know somebody in our families. It is unleashed on our society and we have to do something. And you go, what about women? Well, we've already been asked that. Last Thursday at Women's Bible Study, there was a, we got a call from the Opelousas Police Department that they had a young woman who's been addicted to drugs for many years, seven months pregnant, and they called us and said, can y'all help her? And so, of course, we ran over, got the young lady, told her about a program, because there's programs for women as well. We said, we'll get you there. You just got to be willing to go. And she really thought about it. And she said, I'm ready. And so on, she came on Thursday night. We didn't know, didn't know she was going to be here. And talked about Rahab the harlot. That was the message. Ray, y'all know what a harlot is, right? Everybody know what a harlot is? That's a loose woman. A prostitute. And it was about Rahab the harlot and how God took a harlot, she would one day join Israel, God would redeem her and forgive her, and she would marry a man by the name of Boaz, who would one day be in the lineage of a man named Jesse and David, that's King David, and then King David one day would in the lineage of David would be Jesus, the king of all kings. And so what's the story? God can take a woman who was once a harlot, take her, change her, turn it around, and she go from being a harlot to a mother of kings. Come on, somebody. $100,000 to help us get people into programs that God brings into our midst that are ready for Jesus instead of jail. How many of you know jail ain't going to solve our problem? Jesus is the only answer. And then we're going to also partner with... Uh, out of that ministry, we started, uh, we call it the Retreat at Sunset. We bought a home during COVID, Retreat at Sunset, Michael and Victoria Hankins, who are running this ministry, both legs, the railroad to Cape Girardeau, getting women who were ready to be set free. And then when those young men graduate the program, there's an opportunity for them to turn around and begin to serve at Cape Girardeau at the Adult Teen Challenge. We're going to take those who've been called by God or have an entrepreneurial call in their life. We're going to open up a ministry to take them. This is not a halfway house. This is not a rehab center. It's a training center for the young men who come out of the addiction, who have a call of God on their life. We're going to train them for ministry. Some of them are going to be preaching in our pulpits, I promise you. Some of them are going to be church planters and starting brand new churches. Who do you think would be better to go back to the streets in which they came from to share the word than those who've come and been redeemed from that lifestyle? And so we're ready to do 200,000 will go directly to that. 250,000 will go directly to uh, the Tebow Foundation. We're joining with Tim and Dem- Tim Tim and Demi Tebow to get women out of sex trafficking, to build a safe house for them. And uh, by the way, 
Do you know what nation is number one in sex trafficking? America. And New Orleans and Baton Rouge usually fall within the top 10 cities of America for sex trafficking. This is not something that may come one day. It's here. And we have to do something. And then lastly, the last $100,000 of that we're going to give to each campus $100,000. $100,000 will be coming here to Opelousas so that we'll be prepared to meet the needs of the, of the needs that are in our community. And many of you know they're, they're myriad. And so I, I'm just asking, maybe today you would take this, if you missed last week, greatest need, and then maybe like Heidi and I on the other side, we, we put a, a number of what we're going to give and we had to write, we'll, we'll have it in the first six months of the year. We had to kind of write an IOU. And uh, you can see on the back, it's weekly, monthly. Just join us and be a part. Uh, and let's get this thing done in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Y'all want to know how we did last week? Y'all want to know? Did we reach the million-dollar goal? Do y'all want to know? I'll tell you in two weeks. Anyway, so thank you for your help. Father, bless your people. Father, bless your people. Pure ministry. You said to look after orphans, take care of widows. I'm sure it's okay that we reach to the poorest among us and those who have been. You said to set captives free. And Father, so today we're praying that captives be set free from the sex trafficking trade all the way to the bondage of addiction. We rebuke the devil. We plead the blood of Jesus over our community. Father, we pray that your name will be lifted high and that many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, redeem their life, turn it around and use them for your glory and your honor. And thank you for allowing us to be a part in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. So at the end of service, you can take that card. If you have your gift, you can just place that in the offering basket, and our ushers will be at the door on both sides as you leave today. All right. I'm going to uh, preach to you. I got this, the time clock says I have 41 minutes, but I'm going to take 42. Uh, during World War II, after Great Britain had declared war on Germany... Uh, and the Hitler regime. And if you remember your, your history books, uh, Germany is, is blitzkrieging across Europe. And finally, reluctantly, Britain joins, joins the war. And so Hitler comes up with this incredible scheme. He just says, you know what? Hitler thought that if, if Britain joined, it could be danger for German and their plans, Germany and their plans. They're really wicked plans. And, and, and he knew that but he wasn't sure Germany or the Brits had a will to fight. So he decided instead of attacking Britain, he would just carpet bomb them, send his, his bombers over at night, and just unload bombs across London and the major uh, populations of Great Britain. And so the, 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 the minister of uh, really propaganda in Britain, uh, he, was, he was asked to come up with a slogan that would kind of inspire the people of Britain not to give up, even though they were getting bombed and there wasn't really any much they could do uh, until they were ready to go to war. And some of you might remember, they, they started with a poster and they put it all over Great Britain. And some of you might remember what the poster said. 
It said, keep calm. Anybody remember? Wow, I'm teaching y'all some stuff up in here now. There was a poster and it said, keep calm and carry on. Say that with me. Keep calm and carry on. And that was their slogan to say, we're going we're gonna to make it through this. We're just going to remain calm and we're going to continue uh, as if it's not happening. He thought, Hitler thought that he could break the will of Great Britain that they wouldn't want to fight. Now, now, everybody look right here at my face. The enemy of your soul just wants to break your will. He, 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 just want, he doesn't want you to engage him because if he can break your will where you don't fight, if you don't fight back, then he's already won. And Hitler knew that about Britain, and Satan knows that about you. And so I, I want to show you, and the Apostle Paul knew exactly. In fact, the Apostle Paul has, Christianity has its own poster as well. And I want to take you to it so that you can see it. Keep calm, carry on was for Great Britain, but I want to show you, I want to show you the poster of Christianity. And if you go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, beginning at verse number 10. Don't worry about taking notes. Heidi's already told me you can't take notes on this message because it's really not a message. I just want to, well, it is a message. It's just not a teaching. I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And this is the Apostle Paul writing. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Because we're living in a day, we're living in a day where pandemic, politics, prejudice, pigmentation, you name it. We're living in this very same kind of day. And he said, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can, read the yellow with me. Say it again. Yeah, so if Paul's putting a poster, poster together, it's not keep calm and carry on. It's take your stand against the devil's schemes. Watch what he says. For our struggles, not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. But it's against rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So it's not the Republicans and the Democrats. It's not them. It's, 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 there's something sinister going on. How many of you sense it and feel it? It's happening. Our struggle's not next verse. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, ta-da! So when it comes, you'll be able to stand, to stand your ground, done everything to stand. Watch the next verse. Stand firm then. And then he's going to go on to list what's in the armor. I'm, I'm not going to preach the whole message, but I will give you just a quick highlight reel that, that our job right now is, is the enemy's trying to break our will 
And Paul's saying to us, no, no, don't let him break your will. Be, be aware of what's going on. You just need to stand. So watch what. He goes, put on the full armor of God, though. And he's going to list it. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. What does that mean? Now, he, he's going to lay out like a Roman soldier what they would wear, but I'll, I'll translate it for you. What, is the, what does the belt of truth mean? It means in this day and hour, you need to be as honest as you possibly can. Only, only live in truth. Only take in what is truth. You got to be real careful because let me tell you, you, if you're looking for truth on CNN or Fox News, you're going to get a slanted version of what truth really is. Stop. If you're, if you're getting your news from Facebook, you're going to be buying into something that sounds good that may not be true. There is only one truth. It has stood the test of time. They've tried to kill the book. They've tried to burn the book. They've tried to get rid of the book. The Bible says about itself, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. There is a truth, and you better be on the. And let me say this to you. I'm not mad at you today. I'm mad at the devil. Listen to me. And, and you need to speak truth. And I don't mean, let me tell you what the Bible says to everybody. You need to live in truth, which means be, be, be careful of lies, exaggeration. You need to be a truth speaker. Because every time you start getting into lies, you join the father of lies, and you unlock the door to your own heart. Are you hearing me? So husbands, when your wife says, baby, where are you at? Remember this sermon. Wise, when your husband says, did you buy anything? And you say, oh, no, but you did. It got a little quieter on that one. The ladies were like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just, just deal in truth. Watch this. He goes on. I'm talking about standing. Watch this. Stand for a breastplate of righteousness in place. So Roman soldier, breastplate of righteousness. That means, I know, what you, I know what that means. We should do right things. Well, that's not exactly what it means. Let me, let me explain what it means. It means you better put this to guard your heart, that our righteousness is found in one person and one person only. It's not in what we do. It's in who he is and what he's already done for us. I am righteous not because of what I do. I am righteous because Jesus went to a cross, died on it, shed his blood for me, and this is important, then he rose again on the third day. It is because of what Jesus has done that I'm righteous. I need to stand in that truth and in that. Are y'all checking with me? If you've been born again, you are the righteousness of Christ. It's not something you're going to do. It's something that you are. You need to stand on that truth. Can I get an amen? If not, every time you do something that you shouldn't do or that you're sorry for, the enemy is going to get you back down where he wants you to be, which is not standing. Okay, let me, let me, let me help you. Pastor Jacob said this the other day. He goes, we all start from the same place. What does that mean? We all start from the same place. We're all fallen. We have a sin nature. 
because of Adam and Eve, what does that mean, a sin nature? It means left to ourself and our own choices, we would always choose to do what's wrong. It means we all start, and I'm just... We all start from here. It's, a, it's, it's our nature. It's just where we begin. And he's saying, no, this is what Paul's saying to us. Take your stand. Stand on, not what you've done. Because you go, you know, well, I helped in that legacy offering. That, that, that doesn't make you righteous. Well, you know, I gave my time. Well, that's good. You should. But that doesn't make you righteous. In fact, the Bible says there's none of us that are righteous. No, not one. What makes me righteous is that I can take my stand and believe because of what Jesus has done. I am the righteousness of Christ. Heaven is not a goal. Heaven is my home. Are you tracking? So if you're born again, I don't care what you feel like. Man of God. That's what we always call each other, right? Man of God. I want to be honest. There's times people call me man of God that I don't feel like a man of God. But I accepted Christ, which puts the righteousness of Christ on me, and I'm going to stand that that is who I am, not because of anything I've done, because of who he is and what he's already done. Stand. Watch this. He goes on. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What does that mean? That's, what is that? Well, in those days, they, that when soldiers were coming, they would throw spikes and all kinds of stuff in the ground. Today, we, they would use mortars or IUDs. So people didn't say, he said, be ready. Be ready. Don't, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. It means to be ready to, to open your mouth. Be ready with peace. We live in a world now. Everybody's ready to hear you. That if you'll live a life of peace in front of people, you'll stand out because everybody's fearful, worried, anxious, scared, concerned. Hello? And so he says, be ready. Ready for what? To share, to witness. And you don't have to be a preacher to witness. You just have to be able to tell. What's a witness? You know what a witness is? They stand on the stand and they tell the truth of what they saw. That's all a witness is. So when I witness, I can just say, well, let me tell you why I'm good. It's because of what Jesus has done in my life. You don't even have to know the Bible to be a witness. Just tell of the goodness of God and how good he's been to you. Can I get a witness in the room? Watch this. What's he trying to get us to do? Watch Watch this. And he said, in addition, take up your shield of faith. Take up your shield of faith, which you can extinguish every flaming arrow of the evil one. Which means he's coming at you. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to throw things at you. He's going to put, listen to me, I'm just telling you. You're, you be careful on social media. I know, Pastor, you, you, you talk about it all the time. I know because it's killing us. I believe what Ed Stetzer said when he talked about social media and he was asked, he's a a Christian, uh, uh, I call him a son of Issachar. 
He understands the days in which we're in. He just said, social media is like lead pipes were to the Romans. What do you mean? The Romans in biblical times figured out a way to get hot water and cold water into your house. Wouldn't that be cool back in the day where you didn't have to go to the well anymore. It came to your house. Running water. You could have a bathroom in your house and turn the water on and flush it out. It, it, was, it was the invention of the day. But what they didn't realize, the pipes were made of lead. What, did lead, what does lead do to you? It poisons you. And so what they thought was so good was poisoning them at the same time. It was actually killing them. Look at me. Is there some good to social media? Answer, yeah, it brings hot water and cold water to my house. I know, but it could be killing you at the same time. Be careful. So he put, put your shield of faith up so that you'll be able to distinguish what's good and what's bad in Jesus. And then he goes on to say, and take the helmet of salvation. That's the mind. Be thinking of things that are pure, noble, right, and lovely, that, that protect your mind, to keep you from going to places you shouldn't go with your mind. And then he says the last part is take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Everybody look right here. And then he says, stand. He didn't say go defeat the devil. He just says, stand. Why? Look at me right here. Because the devil has already been defeated. He just doesn't want you to know that. All we have to do is stay and stand in truth. And if we'll stand in truth, just stand, then you won't be defeated. He'll be defeated. You, the Lord will defeat him on your behalf. You don't even have to do it because he's already lost. And that's what he wants to break your will. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Are y'all receiving this this morning? So I want to I talk to you about that. How do I, how do I stand? How do, you, how do you do it? Uh, Heidi and I were watching uh, on ESPN the other night. That's a good wife, isn't it? Watching ESPN with her husband. Some of you ladies. Are the, that's a great wife, she just said. She whispered. That's a great wife. And we're watching. They're, they're, they had a, one of those 30 for 30 specials or whatever. And it's about Nick Saban. And... Uh, Nick Saban is the coach of Alabama, who used to be, he used to be our guy. And now he's coach LSU, and they won a national championship. I was there uh, when they won. In fact, I've been to uh, three of the four national championships that LSU's been in. And the three that I was at, they won. The one I wasn't at, at they lost. Are y'all feeling what I'm feeling? Should I go every year that they go? Yes. Okay. Let's take up an offering. Okay. So anyway, we're watching this and it's, and it's, it's, uh, and his wife's name is Terry, but they call her Miss Terry. And Miss Terry, there's a famous story about Miss Terry because a a few years ago they went back home. He's won, he's, he's won seven national championships. He's the greatest coach of all time. I hate to admit that because he's not our guy anymore, but he is the greatest. And uh, they, they took a trip to their hometown, West Virginia. They met, fell in, they were like high school sweethearts. 
And uh, they, they went back to their little town that they grew up in. And they're, they're driving down the road. And there's a guy at a gas station with a mechanic shop beside it. And this, the owner of the shop is out pumping gas. And they went to high school with him. And, uh, and Coach Saban says to Miss Terry, look, Miss Terry, there's your old boyfriend right there. Just look, if you'd have married him, you'd, you'd be working at that gas station right now. And Miss Terry turns around and says, if I'd have married him, he'd be the coach of Alabama. That's a good woman, isn't it? So that's Miss Terry. And they were talking about, and they're interviewing her and him, and they're just talking about, and, and Coach Saban says, he goes, well, here's what they were, what's the secret sauce to your, your success? And he says, well, I, I, I don't know if there's a secret sauce, but I just call it the process. We just, we just take our, our athletes through the process, and we preach the process. And they said, well, what's the process? And he said, well, I mean, basically, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, it's just worry about today. Do what you're supposed to do today. And if you do what you're supposed to do today, you don't have to worry about that scoreboard. Everybody looks at the scoreboard. What's the score? I'm not concerned about the scoreboard. I'm concerned about today. What does he do in the weight room? Does he give his best in the weight room today? Because if he does today his best, then that scoreboard will take care of itself. He said, when we, when we're out running drills. He, I, I, are you doing your best in the drill today? Because if you do it today and you do it tomorrow and you do it the next day, we'll never have to worry about the scoreboard or the trophies. They will take care of themselves. And then it shows a clip of him coaching. And they're out there and the boys are running the drills. You know, they're doing whatever they're doing. And he's running. He goes, no, 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 no. Do it. No, no. Do it again. Do it again. And he's yelling at them. And I'm going, that's so cool. I wish I could pastor like he coaches. I could just yell at you. I could just grab your face mask and pull you over here and go, don't talk to your wife like that. You hear what I'm saying, do you? I wish that. I wish I could just grab a woman by the face mask and just pull her up. Quit gossiping about people in the church. That would be so cool. Just grab a man, pull him up. Are you praying? And just... Push him, and so he's doing that, right? And then he yells at him. He gathers them all up, and he's he's yelling. He's mad at him. He's yelling at him. He's not really mad at him. He loves them. He loves them, and he's saying, "Guys, look at me. Listen, we're not trying to run the drill until we get it right. We're trying to run the drill right, so you can forget how to do it wrong." I don't think you heard me. You're not coming to church so you can learn how to get it right. We're going to do it right so we can forget how to do it wrong. No, somebody's not getting it. Somebody's not getting it. I'm not, you don't read your word so you can get it right. You do what's right so you can forget how to do it wrong. 
Oh, no, listen to me. You don't, you don't hear me. I've, I've, this has happened many times in our church. Pastor, I just need to, you to pray for me. Why do you need me to pray? Because I'm just struggling right now. And they talk, and then I ask the question, are you praying for you? The question is not whether I will pray for you. The question is whether you will pray for you. Because if you want me to pray for you and you ain't praying for you, I call that lazy. Lazy! The process. Did you know that God has a process? God will take you through a process. Uncle Russ mentioned during the early prayer time going through the wilderness. You know what the wilderness was, don't you? It was just the process. God takes every man and woman through the process. You got to stand. How do I stand? How do I stand in days like we're in? Come help me out, Vic. It's going to take me a minute. How, how, do I, how do I stand in days like today? And, and how, do, how do I do it? And, and I, I, wish there was, I wish there was some other really cool, creative way that I could say this in a way that you've never heard it before. But I don't have time. I'm getting too old. Listen to me. The word. Look at me. Get your Bible out. Go to the word. I mean, many people have passed you. I just need a word from God. I'll give you a word from God. Every time you open the Bible, you can read it out loud and you will get a word from God. It is the word of God. It was true yesterday. It'll be true today. And it'll be true tomorrow and forever. It is the word. I wish there was another way. I'm just giving you the process. You, you, you're, not, you're never going to be able to stand without being a person who goes to the word. In fact, the disciples asked Jesus. They, they started picking up on him. They, they saw something in Jesus. They would see this. They'd see him pray. And then they would see the power. That's, they watched him pray. And then they saw see him heal somebody. They saw him pray. And then he was walking on water. They saw him pray. Someone dead came to life. And so they didn't, they didn't ask him, Jesus teaches how to walk on water. They didn't ask, Jesus teaches how to raise the dead. They said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And he's going to give them an example. You might have grown up where you thought, no, it, it's, you're supposed to pray like this. Or this is the words you're supposed to use. How many of you grew up Catholic? No, here, you know, you're supposed to say this exact prayer. That's what, that wasn't what Jesus was doing. He was giving them a sample. Look, when you pray, pray, pray like this. And then he, he goes on, and, and Matthew recorded it. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says this part. Read it with me. Give us today our daily bread. Scripture says man shouldn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's how we live. It's, it's what sustains us. It's what gives us strength is the word, the bread. 
He, he's making a reference to Old Testament, this daily bread. He could have said, he could have just said, give us today our bread. But he said daily bread. Why did he say daily bread? Well, in order to know that, you got to go all the way back to the Old Testament where Moses leads Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. And when they get into the desert, they don't have any food. And Moses prays, Lord, where are we going to feed all these people? And he says, I'm going to make it come down every morning. Manna, bread from heaven will come down every morning. It'll be like a dew on the ground. And so they'd get up in the morning and there'd be bread all over the ground. But there was a rule. And here was the rule. You could only take what you would eat for the day. You know what some people tried to do? Just exactly what you would try to do. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get today and tomorrow and Wednesday. That way I don't have to come back. And you know what happened when they ate the bread for the day? Do you know what happened to Tuesday's and Wednesday's bread? It spoiled. It rotted. And he said, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to come out every day. Look at me right here. God would rather you read a little and obey each day than to read a lot and disobey. No, you didn't hear what I just said. He would rather you read a little each day and obey than to read a lot and not. Are you tracking with me? It's so hard right now, Pastor Eugene, the trouble. Could you pray for me? Could you just pray? Could you just give me a word? Look, I can't stand for you. I can pray for you. I can encourage you. I may even be able to pull you up just a little bit, but you're going to have to take your stand yourself. It is your responsibility. It's a recommitment to the word. This, I'm very excited about this. I didn't even tell the earlier service. I'm very excited about We're working on some stuff for, for this upcoming coming year uh, in 2022 uh, about the word, about giving you the daily bread so that when you leave here on Sunday, you know what to read so that when we come back on Sunday, you've been already feeding on the bread. So when we come here for the banquet, you're going to be all right. Because Sunday ain't enough. Say it. Sunday ain't enough. Say it. Sunday ain't enough. Daily bread. Let, let, me give you the, let me give you the process that God takes us through. I don't care who you are. Doesn't matter who you are, what your name is. Title in front of your name. Not only, not only prayer, I would give, not by I me, mean, excuse me, not only uh, uh, the word. Uh, I only got to number two last service, and I may only get to two this service. Let, let me give you the second part. Is praise. Now, I, I, I don't want you to praise is different than worship. Praise is different. There, there's praise and then there's worship. Now, I'm going to talk to you about it in just a second, but I want to show you in the New Testament, Jesus is going to show up on the scene and he's going to walk into a synagogue and he's going to open up a scroll, which would be their Bible, he, and he's going to quote the prophet Isaiah. 
And I'll, 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 I'll do the Eugene version. Ready? It goes out something like this. Hey, Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news, set captives free, heal the sick, lame to walk, blind to see, to set captives free, and to declare that the year of grace has begun. And today, that scripture is fulfilled before your very eyes. And he drops the mic and he walks out. He's saying he's the Messiah. Now, I want to take you to who he was quoting, the prophetic word in Isaiah, and I want to read the rest of it because that's the part we usually stop at. But I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 3, because the prophecy goes on to say he's going to console those who mourn in Zion. That's the people of God who are walking through very difficult circumstances, much like we're walking through today across this global planet. And he says, I'm going to give them beauty for ashes. Now, this is important. In Bible days, when you were mourning or had ashes, when you were mourning or you were going through a bad season, I don't know what I'm going to do. When you were going through that, you were supposed to put on a sackcloth so that when you went to church, everybody knew what season you were in. You just walk on up into church. How y'all do? How's everybody doing? Why don't y'all turn? I'm going to give y'all 60 seconds to greet one another. And then you'd walk over and there'd be somebody in a sackcloth with ashes on their face and going, it's going to be all right. Pray for me. Ashes. Watch this. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to turn it around. Uh, you, you're not going to have to wear that sackcloth anymore. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I'm going to turn it around, and I'm going to give you, read this with me, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment. I'm going to give you a new garment. I'm going to take that sackcloth off of you, and I'm going to give you this pretty blue sport coat to put on. I'm going to give you a different garment. Everybody say praise. Yeah. So Victor and I, this is Victor back here. This is Vic. I just want you all to know who Victor is. If you uh, can sing or play an instrument, please see Vic afterwards. You need to use your gift for the glory of God. You need to get out of the honky-tonk or the club and use that for Jesus. Can I get an amen from the congregation? You down there at Taco Tuesday doing your karaoke down there. You need to get your praise on. So see Vic after church. Repent and then see Vic after church. Margarita night. I saw you. I, got, I went down there on Taco Tuesday. You saw me because you, you ran and walked the other way. You're like, oh, God, they're past you. What was I saying? Watch this. Do you know that the scripture says, this is David wrote, Psalmist wrote. He said, you should enter the courts with thanksgiving or excuse me, enter the gates, the gates with thanksgiving, and then enter the courts with praise. 
Watch this. Heidi and I have been there. We've been to Jerusalem. Every, there's, there's, every, there's gates to the city. The old city, you have to enter in through a gate. There's just round gate, square gates. There's gates all the way around it. So that's what he was talking about. Because the temple, we used to be inside of the city gates. And then the temple courts, you had to walk through the temple courts to get into the, ta- the, the, the temple which held the Holy of Holies where the Lord lived. So, y'all tracking with me? So he said, you got to enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Thankfulness. You, you just got to be thankful. Grateful. You, you got to, you know, gratitude. Gratitude is something that you, you can have it in your heart and never say it, and it's not gratitude. If someone does something for you, right, they do something nice for you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta say it. You, you could be thankful and not say it, and it ain't gratitude. Have you ever done something nice for someone and they never came back to say thank you? I mean, next time you go, well, next time, there ain't going to be no next time. They, 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 did, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. Remember when you, when your mama, when you was a little kid or mamas, you remember that you teach a kid? What do you say? What do you say? Say it. Say thank you. Thank you, right? Well, you're trying to teach them gratefulness because gratefulness doesn't come. It doesn't come. Young people, are you listening to me? Listen to me. Be grateful to your mama and your daddy. I know they ain't perfect. I know you think they're stupid half the time. Listen to me. Be grateful for them and they'll buy you a car. I'm telling you. Okay, if y'all don't, it may not work. But anyway. Gratitude, grateful, thankful, say it, say it, say it. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter into his courts with praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Love. So, so look, heaviness, garment of praise, the set of the spirit. We live in everybody's heavy. Everywhere you go, it's heavy. Mass, no mass. Vaccine, no vaccine. Should you get it, you're going to die. It's going to kill you. If you don't get it, you're going to die. Everybody going to die. Everybody, newsflash, everybody going to die. Anyway, heaviness, heaviness. What's going to happen to the economy? I don't know. Chicken, chicken used to cost 99 cents. Now it costs $72. I don't know. <laughs> heavy. It's heavy. Gumbo, baby. We can't get gumbo this year. Chicken and sauce is killing us. Might as well go to Roos Chris. That's how much a gumbo costs now. You go, what are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go shoot something. The Cajuns will live longer than everybody else. People around here are going to live because we'll eat anything. We'll eat stuff out of a ditch. That's true. We'll pick it up off the road. How many of you have ever picked up something off the road and ate it? All right. There's some people telling the truth. The rest of you are lying. So you're here and you're going, I don't know what to do, Pastor. This is so hard. It's so hard. 
enter his gates. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I have a job. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm breathing. Like the old preacher, I'm in my right mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Heidi. Thank you for Hillary, Hannah, William. Thank you, Father, that my kids are well. They love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blessings of the Lord over my life. Thank you for watching over and protecting me. Thank you for health. My knees hurt, but other than that, I'm pretty good. Thank you, Lord. Heal my knees. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing everything you've done for us and protecting us and watching over us. Thank you that nobody's sick or in the hospital. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you you provided everything we've ever needed. You've been faithful and true, God. I've seen you every time. You've been la- I thought you were late, but you were right on time. Thank you, God, for coming through at the last minute. Thank you, God. I'll never forget what you've done for me. I just want to give you all the praise, all the glory, honor. Watch this. So I'm talking to Vic. I said, Vic, Vic, here's the problem, Vic. I said, this is something I'm picking up, not just for the body of Christ, large us, everybody. All of a sudden we come to church and, and, and y'all do one song and then you, you, try to get, you try to get me to worship. You want to get me to holy of holies. That's where you want to go, right? You want to be with God. But the scripture says you got to, to get to God, you got to enter with thanksgiving. You, you got to enter with thanksgiving and you enter the gates with thanksgiving in your heart, and then you enter the court with praise. So thanksgiving in your heart, and then the court, it starts coming out of your mouth, right? It's got to come out. It, it, it has to express itself. You got to show it. You got to show it. The Bible says to let the fruit of your lips give him praise. Well, that's just not what, I didn't ask what you wanted to do. I, Come here. Right, I just grabbed your face mask. Come here. Didn't ask if you felt like running the drill. I'm just telling you what the drill is. I'm just telling you what the process is. You, you, you got to begin. So some of you are going to get this because you're going to be laying in bed tonight. This is what's going to happen. You're going to be in bed tonight, and you're going to wake up in the morning, and you're going to go, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me this bed, putting a roof over my head. Thank you for the food in my refrigerator right now, Lord. I don't have, I got three options in my refrigerator right now. Heidi made the chicken dish. She's got the, she's got the taco meat. And Lord, she got that other thing too, baby. I forgot what it is. But she, and then she made pumpkin bread yesterday with muffins. Lord, I ain't got food. I got options. I got things I could choose from. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to give you praise and glory and honor for watching over me and my family, protecting everything. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for wiping away all my sins. Thank you for the righteousness of Christ that makes me holy. Not anything I've done. You've already done it for me. Thank you that the enemy is defeated. He is under my feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I can stand. Can stand. And then he says, now you can come into the presence of God. But you gotta, you gotta walk through the process so that we can stand. I was driving down the road thinking about this the other day, and please forgive me for the things that I think about while I'm driving down the road. I was like, Lord, you know what I hate? 
ungratefulness. It's almost like, in my own mind, it's almost like, you? <laughs> what about me? I, went, I don't ever want to be ungrateful to you. I don't ever want to be. We got to get that. And I, so we're talking to Vic, right? I told you that. I said, Vic, when I, when I was growing up in church, we used to sing worship because we're the only people that gather to sing, which is, which is because God made us that way. Even if you're sitting in this room and go, well, I don't really participate in the singing. No, that's not true. You participate in your car when no one's there. Everybody sings. Everybody sings. And we gather together to sing because that's a godly thing to do. And so you, you, I go, bro, you're getting me to worship too fast. I go, what do you mean? I said, hey, I remember when growing up, we used to sing songs that made you smile. <laughs> remember those old songs? Some glad morning when this life is over, I fly away. Remember that? To a home of God. So, y'all remember those old songs? And so we, we, we forgot songs that made you smile. Songs that made you smile. And so this, they, they, they did awesome today. It's like, come on, everybody. I forget that first song y'all did. What's, what's it called? Huh? Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going, yeah, I like that song. <laughs> oh, come on. Y'all get all sanctified when you're up in here. I've seen you at the festival. Right? Are you tracking with me? Stand. Can we just stand one time and just declare that he's going to turn it around? He's going to take mourning. He's going to, he's going to turn it into joy. He's going to, the, the oil of gladness. He's going to take our garment, the spirit of heaviness, and give us. Would you just lift your hands all over this building for a moment? We're going to just thank him. And a garment of praise. Thank you, Father.